It's too many Christians, you stand in your boat. You're standing in the boat of comfort. Get out your boat. Limitations is of the mind. God never, ever intended for you to have limitations. Matthew Chapman Ministries presents Faith Unlimited, teaching the body of Christ how to live by faith and change their world. Now get ready for the word of God coming from Minister Matthew Chapman. The system is set up to fail. And the reason why it is, is because Satan is the God of this world. See, when I was in public school, when I taught in public school, I saw poor white kids. I saw poor black kids. I saw poor Hispanic kids. And the devil don't care what color you are. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But when you know the word of God, it doesn't matter. The word of God supersedes everything. I heard one man say this. He said, success is like a combination lock. He said, the combination doesn't care what color you are. As long as you know the code, as long as you know the combination, it'll open for you. The lock doesn't say you're a woman. I can't open for you. The lock doesn't say you're black. The lock doesn't say you're white. The lock doesn't say you're Hispanic. The lock doesn't say you're Asian. The lock has to open if you know the combination. So when you know the word of God, everything else has to fall in line. The Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It doesn't say my people are destroyed because of the color of their skin. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So when you have knowledge of the word of God, it changes your life and it changes your situation. Bishop Ayedipo is a pastor in Nigeria, in Africa, Lagos, Nigeria, which is in Africa. He currently has an auditorium that seats 50,000 people. He's currently in the process of constructing an auditorium that holds 100,000 people. When he ministers on Sunday, he has four services for an auditorium that holds 50,000 people. And you know what he told his people? I was watching on YouTube. He told his people, you don't have to go to America to succeed. God will prosper wherever you are. God will prosper. He said, the word of God will prosper you wherever you are. He said, I started my church in the wilderness. There was nothing out here. And if you know anything about Bishop Ayedipo's church, he built two universities debt-free. And when he built his church, he built it debt-free. And he said, as he's building this building, he said, we're building it debt-free in Africa. Why? What's the significance of it? It doesn't matter where you are. The word of God works everywhere because when you're a believer when you're a believer you're now operating in God's system and God's system supersedes any system like minister Austin was saying this system right here it's hard for the average man to succeed in this system because once again Satan is the God of this world that's why God gave us his word so let's, let's start off in Acts chapter 19, verse 20. The Bible says, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and is peace. When you know what the word of God says about you, how can you be full of anxiety and worry? When you know that God is your father, 
when you know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, when you know that no weapon formed against you can prosper, when you know Psalms 91 that says a thousand shall fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. When the Bible says only with your eyes shall you see the destruction of the wicked, how in the world can you be full of fear and anxiety? How can you be full of fear when God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? Acts 19, verse 20. So mightily grew the word of God. And what happened when the word of God increased? It prevailed. As you increase the word of God in your life, it'll prevail over sickness. It'll prevail over poverty. It'll prevail over fear. It'll prevail against anything that comes against it because the word of God, the Bible says, God and his word are one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then later on in verse 12 or 14, I think it's either 12 or 14 of that same chapter, it says, and the word became flesh. The word will become whatever you need it to. The problem is a lack of knowledge. So what I want to talk to you today is about obsession. Obsession with the word. Obsession. You know what the definition of obsession is? One definition says this, an idea or thought that continually preoccupies the mind. An idea that constantly preoccupies the mind. You know, there are people right now who are obsessed with sports, who are obsessed with football. How do I know they're obsessed with football? Because they talk about football all the time. When they get in their cars, they turn on sports talk radio. And then when they're at home, they're watching ESPN or they're watching Fox Sports. And then in their own spare time, they got their phones out and they're on the ESPN app. And then when they're at lunch, they're talking to their friends about whether or not the Panthers can win it all this year or the Patriots can win it all this year. What you're obsessed with is evident by your actions. There's a lot of people that are obsessed right now with, with what's been going on in our city. How do I know? Because they talk about it at lunchtime. They talk about it on the phone. And if you're not careful, it can happen to any of us. It's happened to me this week. I, I told my wife last week or the week before, I kind of got off social media for a while. But then I found myself checking it because people are giving updates from the protests. People talking about it. People giving their updates. People talking about what they saw downtown and what they saw this and eyewitness account of that. And if you're not careful, every hour, every couple hours, you're on your phone. But guess what would, imagine rather, Imagine what would happen if we became obsessed with the Word of God. Imagine what would happen if the Word of God dominated my thinking in the morning, dominated my thinking in the afternoon, dominated my thinking in the evening. What would happen if I was constantly thinking about the Word of God? I'm more than a conqueror. The gates of hell cannot prevail against me. I know what it looks like, but my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I will fear not, for God is with me. I will be not dismayed, for he is my God. 
He will strengthen me. Yea, he will help me. Yea, he will uphold me with, with his victorious right hand. How can I be afraid of any man? If God is for me, who can be against me? Favor surrounds me as a shield. I was telling the congregation this morning, I had to oversee service this morning for Pastor Gould, and I told him, hey, we walk around in the fog, the favor of God. Everywhere we go, we're in the fog. And when people stand, when people stand in that fog, they can't help but help us because they're in the fog. And every day, you got to tell yourself, I'm, I'm in the favor of God. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 5, the last verse of that chapter says, favor surrounds us like a shield. You know what that means? You know what a shield is for? It's to, to, to combat, to shield you from attack. And think about this, every, surrounding me. No matter which direction you come at me, you're going to run into favor. And because of that, I don't worry about anything. Why? Because the Lord is on my side. Have you read about how God defended his people? And the reason why people are afraid and anxious about a lot of things is because they haven't read up on God and who he is and what he can do. So let's look at some things. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. You have to talk to yourself. You have to tell yourself, if God did it before, God will do it again. You know what the Bible says? It says, God is no respecter of persons. So that means if, if he did it for Minister Austin, he can't say, well, that's just for Minister Austin. God is no respecter of persons. But in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting with verse 5, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I command you this day, it shall be in your heart. Where should it be? In your heart. You want to know why God wants it in your heart? Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then in Mark eleven twenty three, he says, you shall have whatsoever you say if you don't doubt where? In your heart. You keep that word in your heart, you keep putting it in there and putting it in there, eventually what's going to happen is it's going to overflow out of your mouth. If I had a glass in front of me and I kept pouring, if I, had, if I opened this container and I kept pouring water, what's going to happen as I continue to pour the water? It's going to overflow. It's going to come out. As you continue to pour the word of God on the inside of you, eventually it's got to come out. Why? Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. But in verse 7, it says, you shall teach diligently unto your children and you should talk of them you should talk of them when you sit down in your house when you walk in the way when you lie down and when you get up and you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes and you shall write them upon the post of your house and on your gates but look at what God is telling them write them on your hand Put them on the doorpost. Put them on the walls of your house. Talk about it when you get up in the morning. Talk about it when you go to bed at night. Talk about it throughout the day. If you talk about the word of God constantly, fear has no place to come in. Because you've been constantly reminding yourself of who God is. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So we must constantly talk the word. Constantly speak the word. Constantly think the word. And then when something comes to us, we have to ask ourselves, 
What does the word say about that? What does the word say about that? But notice, verse 12, another reason why God wants you to constantly put it before your eyes. In verse 12, he says, then beware unless you forget the Lord who brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Sometimes it's hard for people to get over tragedies in their past because they're constantly talking about it. When you're constantly talking about how somebody did you wrong, when you're constantly talking about the mistakes that you made, when you're constantly talking about it over and over and over and over again, you'll never forget it. That's why God says, hey, you talk about me all day long. Because when you talk about me all day long, you'll never forget what I did for you. And then when the devil tries to come at you with fear, you'll say, hey, devil, you know what, you know what God did for me back then? You know, what God, you know how God paid that bill before? You know how God healed my body before? You think I'm going to be afraid now? I'm going to die and God has healed my body over and over and over again? So God wants us to remember who he is. But you do that by staying in the word. You have to totally immerse yourself. And I talk about this all the time, but faith comes by hearing. You have to immerse yourself in the word of God. Because this world is immersing you in it. We got to the point now where we have 24-hour news. When I was growing up, you had the 6 o'clock news. Right? 6 o'clock. 11 o'clock, then you had CNN, right? Then you had the newspaper, so if something happened overnight, you didn't find out about it until you read the newspaper. But now they're constantly giving it to you all day long. Me and my wife, we were watching TV last night, and this commercial came on, and it, I don't know what the medicine was for, but they spent about 30 seconds talking about the good stuff for the medicine, then they spent a good minute and a half talking about the side effects. I said, they spent, more, they spent more time talking about what might kill you, and this whole purpose is to help you. See, the world is constantly bombarding you with its ideas, with its mentality, with its theories. And God says, hey, if you want to see me the way I want you to see me, you got to totally immerse yourself in this. Because remember what we read. So mightily grew the word. Not so mightily grew your social media time. Not so mightily grew your television time. So mightily grew the word. See, the Bible says the word of God is like a seed. And when you plant the seed, and if you take care of that seed, what's going to happen? It's going to grow and it's going to produce something. Let's look at, uh, let's look at Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Version. Mark chapter 4 is Jesus teaching on the parable of the sower. Some seed fell on this ground, some seed fell on that ground, et cetera, et cetera. Then he started talking about the results of the, the ground in which the seed fell on. And in the Amplified Version of the Bible, in verse 19, in the King James of verse 19 of Mark chapter 4, forgive me, I forgot to look at my Bible. Verse 419, chapter 4, verse 19, it says, The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things entering in, it chokes the word, and then the word becomes unfruitful. Satan wants to attack the very thing that's going to put you over. 
So Satan is going to see to it that you're doing everything except read the word. You're going to be on your social media page. You're going to be on watching television. Oh, yeah, I got to clean. I got to do my house cleaning. I mean, clean your house. But whenever it's time for you to read the word, all of these things seem to come up on you. The children want to talk to you. The wife want to talk to you. Please talk to your children. And please talk to your spouse. But my point is, is that we have to protect our time in the word. Because the word is what's going to put us over. But what I want to read you is verse 19 in the Amplified. It says, the cares and anxieties of the world and the distractions of the age, the pleasure and the delight and the false glamour and deceitfulness of riches, the craving and passionate desires for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word, and then the word becomes fruitless. The word becomes fruitless when you put your priorities on other things as opposed to making the word of God first place in your life. See, I'm I'm a busy individual. I'm constantly going. Like yesterday, me and my wife got three children, two boys play football, daughter, she cheers. So my daughter had two games yesterday she had to cheer in, right? Yesterday I had the prayer line from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Then I had to help at the mission's house from 11 a.m. to right around 12, 12, 15. Then when I left the mission's house, I had to go to the football game at Garinger. Got to Garinger, watched watched a little bit of my son's game, watched the rest of his game. Then I had to go, drop my son off, come back, and then I had to watch my daughter cheer. Went back home, went to my mom's house, came back, watched my son play football, left, came back, had to get stuff out the cleaners, right? I got home around 9 o'clock. Then this morning I got to church early, 9 a.m., intercessory prayer. Had to oversee the service this morning. I left when Minister uh, Allen started to preach. I left and then came over here. And then when we leave here, we got to go to Morrisville. I mean, constantly going. But guess what? When I'm in my car, I got the word playing. When I'm at the house and, and things are quiet, I got the word playing. Me and my wife, we like to spend time with each other by playing video games. I know that's a little childish, but we play video games together. But when we're playing video games, you know what we're playing? We're playing the Word. The Word has to be first place in our lives. Because the devil is coming at you 24 hours a day. He's bombarding you. He's bombarding you with the media. He's bombarding you with people on your job who aren't saved. He's constantly coming at you. And so if you know anything about warfare, you can't let your enemy outdo you. So you have to be just as diligent as your enemy is. You have to be just as intent on winning as your enemy is. One of the reasons why they said that the colonies won the Revolutionary War was because they were willing to wait it out as long as it took to defeat the British. Because the British thought we have more resources, we have so much more going on. We've been in the establishment longer. The colonists, they're gonna, they ain't gonna last for so long because they're not even an established uh, country. But the colonists were like, we're willing to do whatever it takes till I get my independence. However long it takes, I'm gonna get my freedom. And we have to be just the same way. Like Mrs. Gould say, says, we're built to outlast the devil. 
We're built to outlast the devil. And so we have to be willing, however long it takes. The Bible says, having done all to stand, we stand. You're not going to outlast the devil. But we have to be obsessed, obsessed with the word. The Bible talks about different people. One person in particular, the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. The Bible says she had did everything she could to get better, but she got worse. But then she said she heard of Jesus. And she said, whatever it takes, I'm getting to Jesus. Then there's another story of two blind men. They heard Jesus was coming down the road. And they said, Jesus. And then what they did was, and I always find this amazing, they were blind, yet they found their way to Jesus. Because the Bible says Jesus was on the road, and then when they finally got to Jesus, he was in the house. Two blind people found a way to get to Jesus. Why? Because they were obsessed with getting healed. And so what we have to do is we have to become obsessed with our lives getting better. Our health has to get better. Our finances has to get better. The way we think has to get better. Our emotions has to get better. Every area of our lives has to get better, but it starts with a decision that from this day forward, things are going to get better for me. And it's on me. It's not on anybody else. Jesus died to give you control. What, what does that mean? See, we had authority in the garden. But when man fell, we lost that authority. Jesus came back to put you back in control. So I, can't, I may not be able to control what's out there. I may not be able to control what's happening in downtown Charlotte, but I can control what happens at my house. I can control what happens in my life because God has given me authority over Satan. God has given me control. So as long as I exercise my control, and know who I am in Christ, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to win. But it starts with a decision. So we have to make sure that we're doing what it takes. There was an example of a young lady years ago. I went to see Kenneth Hagin years ago, right before he died. Matter of fact, it was the meeting before he passed. And I believe Miss Lance, you went to those meetings. And I believe Mr. and Ms. Boone, we all went to that last meeting in Winston-Salem. Remember that? And, and uh, then he had a session in the morning and in the evening, twice a day, preaching faith, preaching faith in the morning and healing in the evening. And I was driving back and forth. I would go see Brother Hagen in the morning, drive to Charlotte, and then come back to one Salem. I did that a couple of times, right? And then maybe one or two times I would just stay and just stay the whole day and then stay to the evening. Okay, but I, I just, I was just, man, I was just getting a hold of the word of God. And he, he told this one story about a young lady. He said he was, he was ministering in a certain place, and a woman came up to him, and she said, Brother Hagin, can I talk to you? And he was like, well, he had just given an invitation. He was trying to get to the people to get them saved, born again, get their spiritual need met. And he said, well, you can walk with me as I go to the prayer room. And so she said, Brother Hagin, look at my feet. She said, have you noticed anything? He's like, no, I really don't notice anything and it just shoes. She said, I had a club foot. And she said, I had a club foot and somebody sent me your tapes. And she said, when I first heard those tapes, I didn't really understand what you were talking about. She said, but you know what I did? I said, I'm going to keep listening until I understand what it means. So she said, I played those tapes all day, every day, for six months. 
She said, one day as I was listening to those tapes, she said, my foot grew out. She said, my foot grew out. Well, what happened? Faith came. Faith came by hearing. Faith came by immersing. Faith came by hearing it over and over and over again and then allowing that word to change her mind. And not only change her mind, but change her inside. And once your insides get changed, the outside is changing as well. But it starts on the inside. Proverbs chapter 4, and this will be my last scripture. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, it says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes and keep them where? In my heart. I have to keep the word in my, before my eyes and in my heart. Why? For out of it flows the issues of life. I gave this example on this time to be healed on Friday. Gloria Copeland was in the Philippines, and, and she was looking out her window, and she saw this spring, this well, and it was shooting up water in the air. She said it was the, the strength of the water coming out. It was so strong. I mean, she said it just shot way up in the air. And she said, you know what? If you try to take a piece of paper and throw that water in it, it'd just shoot it out. It was too strong for anything to go in there. And she said, you have to put the word of God on the inside of you so that if sickness tries to come in, the life of God flows out and the sickness can't come in. When poverty tries to get in, the force of prosperity, it comes from the inside out. God saw this world on the inside, and then he spoke, let there be. You have to see healing on the inside, and then speak, let there be healing taking place in my body. You have to see prosperity on the inside of yourself and say, wealth and riches shall be in my house. My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You got to talk favor. If God is for me, who can be against me? No weapon formed against me can prosper, and every tongue that rises up against me in judgment is condemned. But it starts off by seeing it on the inside. The Israelites, they could not receive their promised land because they said, we are as grasshoppers in their sight. God says, you can take it. And they said, well, we're grasshoppers. So the way they saw themselves kept them out of the promised land. So we have to, as believers, we have to see to it that we see ourselves as God sees us. When I was in, um, I was in uh, Myrtle Beach, and I started talking to this gentleman. I was in the mall, and I started talking to this gentleman, and he just started talking to me about race relations. This is like a month ago when, when we had the uh, men's advance. And he said something like this to me. He said, um, he told me a story or something, and he said, you know what, at the end of the day, the person said to him, you still ain't nothing but an N-word. And he said, and that's how they see us, bro. They are, no matter what we do, they see us as the N-word. I said, bro, the only, the only opinion that matters is God's. And when I told him that, he kind of backed off. God is our source. And when you realize that God is your source, nothing else moves you. See, racism is a distraction. Because the only opinion that matters is God's. And if God is for me, who can be against me? 
So we have to see ourselves, we're believers, and we believe that God's word is true. And as I continue to get to the word of God, and as that word increases in my life, my life is going to change. Because just like the Bible says in Acts 19, 20, it says, so mighty do the word of God and prevail. That word of God, if you keep it in your heart and keep putting it in there, putting it in there, it's going to prevail over every negative thing that's in your life. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for your time and attention. We pray that you enjoyed the word of God through Minister Matthew Chapman. If you were blessed by this word and would like to be a blessing toward this ministry, you can visit MatthewChapmanMinistries.org or write us at P.O. Box 242-422, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28224. And make sure that you tune in next time for Faith Unlimited.